yes, the Bible reading is John chapter 1, verses 6 to 13. You can find that on page 860 in the Blue Bible. John 1, 6 to 13. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. The world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those whom believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor husband's will, but born of God. Thanks, Richard, for your reading. Do yourselves a favour and read the little comment that I have put in the bulletin this week, but more than that, read the comment, make some time, 27 minutes this week and watch the YouTube or the video. You will be blessed and encouraged. I believe I'm giving it a push. Make the 27 minutes and watch Barry Black speak in front of Dr. President Donald Trump and 4,000 other leaders. It's a really encouraging word. And, and as believers, there is hope for this world. I've said in the bulletin comment, but there is hope not in government, not in mechanisms, not in the people we might fear. There is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work. Uh, be encouraged by that. Let me pray. Father God, help us as we come and look at your word and this message of Jesus again. Speak to us through your word that John, your apostle John has written. Convict us, some of us perhaps for the first time, some of us maybe for the umpteenth time, convict us of our need for you, to turn to you and find life, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever had to wait for someone, maybe at the airport? You had a rough description of who's coming, you've never really met them before. You've got a rough description, you're waiting and they, you know, they come around, you're like, oh, no, maybe it's, oh, no, it's not that one. It's not that one. And then, oh, they come. I was at the restaurant with a friend this week at lunch and uh, we were waiting for one of his friends who I've never met before. And it was like that. He was late and it was like, my friend's getting quite agitated because he's late. And every, it's, oh, not, no, it's not him. He eventually came. We had a nice lunch together. But you've been there. You know, you really have that sense of waiting whenever you go to a wedding. Because who are you waiting for? You're waiting for the bride to appear. There's all these people rubbernecking and when's she going to turn up and you all stand up and you're trying to look over each other's heads and then da 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 no one uses that music anymore. Come on, one of you girls is not married. Use it and trick us all. Okay? Da 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 and here comes the bride and when she's here. Ah, oh, Rahan's about to walk into church. <laughs> give him a clap. Come on, give him a clap as he walks in.
<laughs> oh, that was such a letdown. <laughs> Last week we started this series on the Word of God. From John's Gospel, it's the start of a big journey this year through John's Gospel. And we were introduced to the Word of God in big cosmic terms, as big as you can get. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God. This one was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made and apart from Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life and that life was the light of humanity. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness cannot comprehend, cannot overcome it. Big picture, there is the word of God. But you have to say, well, who or what? We've got a very general, open description. God has promised his Messiah. That's who it's being talking about, the Christ. And the Jew, the Jews and John's a Jew writing this, for Jews to read, the Jews have been waiting for centuries for the Word of God, the light of God to come in the person of the Messiah. They've had a rough description of what the Messiah would look like and it's it's like they're at the airport. Is is this the one? Oh no, Is, is that the one? It's like they're at the wedding and waiting expectantly and hoping for this Messiah, the Word of God to appear. Verse 6 where we start. John's story goes from the cosmic and eternal and divine and suddenly narrows down right to become earthly and human and historical. Verse 6, we're 2,000 years ago in Judea and we meet a man. Is he the one? Some people think he's the one. No! The man we meet in verse 6 is not the one. His job is to point. This one. Here comes the word, says John the Baptist. That's his name. This one is the word of God. The wait is over. It's this one, says John the Baptist. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. John the Baptist was the last and the greatest of the, what you might call the Old Testament prophets preparing the way for Jesus. He spoke the word of God but he was not the ultimate word. He's just pointing to the word who is now here in time and space in the person of Jesus. He's pointing to his cousin, Jesus of Nazareth. Now yesterday I watched Restaurant Impossible. I quite like that show. If you've ever never watched it, it's restaurants in terrible trouble without the swearing that Ramsay has. And uh, they get the restaurant up in two days. They went to this uh, country club golf course with a restaurant somewhere in America, somewhere near New York, run by three cousins. And they were all fighting with each other. 
If you looked at these three cousins, you could tell that they were cousins. They didn't look the same, but the family similarity was definitely there. Now, think of a cousin that you've got. Is there some similarities? I would think so. John and Jesus, in one sense this picture is completely inaccurate, but somewhat accurate, because they look kind of the same. They're cousins. They have similarities. But between them there is an utter distinction as John tells us about them. Jesus, you see, came as a witness. Jesus, we're told, happened. He came as a witness. John came as a witness, sorry. Get your J's right, John. Jesus was, he didn't come, he was in the beginning. John There was a man sent from God, was a man. Jesus, we're told, is the Word. There was a man from God, sent from God. The Word is with God. John comes as a witness to the light. Jesus is the light of the world. What a difference between these two cousins, these two men. John's cousin, verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That word true, the genuine the fair dinkum, the ultimate, the real self-disclosure of God to man is here. It's amazing. You know that moment in the wedding when the bride comes around the corner or the doors open? It's like, whoa. She, She looks great. She's here. We've been waiting and, and, and she looks, it's, she's better than expected. And the groom's there. He's like, <laughs> he's just happy, man, because she's here. And he's like, what did I do to deserve this? Nothing, buddy. You did nothing. <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with that girl. Every time we have a week, I don't know what's wrong with this girl. But anyway, that's me. Uh, <laughs> John comes and he points to his cousin Jesus, the word, and it's like, wow, we've been waiting. And what did we do to deserve this? Nothing. The light is here. The word is here. Life has come. It's shining in the darkness. The Christ, the Messiah is here. And are we all glad I tell you what happens. The bride appears. And here's the groom. He's standing just there. He sees her, smiling. His face falls, and he walks out the door. He goes that way. He's gone. That's crazy. This is the one you've been waiting for and anticipating. It's unbelievable, but it's true, says John. He came 
sorry, verse 10, he was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. Like, who are you? Where did you come from? Nazareth. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. He was in the world. The world in John's Gospel almost always has negative overtones. It is this created order, humanity and human affairs in rebellion against its maker. That is the world. But God loves the world that he made in rebellion against him. Jesus comes, the Son of God comes as Saviour of the world. Believers are chosen out of the world. They are no longer of the world. In a world that is lost in its sin, Jesus came to shine light into the darkness and offer the way back to God, the way to life. He came to his own people, the Jewish people, who had received the promises, who had the Old Testament scriptures, who had the covenant, who he was their Messiah and they rejected him. The one who had been promised the one they were waiting for. And today the world still rejects the light of the world. And you and I, we still reject the promised one, the Saviour, Jesus, the Word of God. We run, we try to avoid his implications, his demands. It's like he's come and we're at the door. It beggars belief. But the Old Testament prophets said this would be the response. God's people would consistently reject their God because their hearts are so hard and rebellious. We're told that the Messiah would be despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He'd be rejected but but not by all. Because throughout the Old Testament God promised that despite the sin of Israel he would preserve a remnant of people who were faithful to him. They would be his people. And this remnant of God would be God's work. God would preserve them. In verses 12 and 13 of our passage John, the Apostle John writes about this remnant. That is those who don't reject the word, who don't shut out, run away from the light, but instead receive the word. Let the light shine on them with gladness. The theme for our church for this year we've already heard is hear, believe, obey. Those who hear, believe and obey the word of God are that faithful remnant. Now, John doesn't use quite the same language in this passage, in verses 12 and 13, but the basic concepts of hear, believe, obey are there. Verse 12, verse 11, verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. It starts with hearing. 
He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. You reject Jesus or you receive Jesus and most people reject him. They run from him. Isaiah was a priest serving in the temple as priests do and God appeared to Isaiah and called him to be not just a priest but a prophet to speak his words. And it was a terrifying experience. I'd like to read this whole passage from Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord, says Isaiah, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him were seraphim, each with six wings, these angelic creatures. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Holy, holy, holy. They're flying around is the Lord God Almighty. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. It's awesome as God appears to Isaiah in the temple. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips and I live amongst a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King The Lord Almighty, Isaiah, is stricken. He's seen the king. And then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand which had been taken from the tongs of the altar where they make the sacrifices and with it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for, it's covered over. You're no longer guilty, Isaiah. Your sin's been removed by this symbolic coal from the altar. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for me? And I said, Here I am, Lord, send me. And he said, the Lord said, go and tell this people, be ever hearing but never understanding, be ever seeing but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people callous, make their ears dull and close their eyes. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is telling parables about the kingdom of God and he quotes that very passage and says, just as I'm, people are seeing me and they're seeing my works and I'm teaching the things of God, so too, as it was with Isaiah, the people are ever hearing but they never understand. They're ever seeing but they're never perceiving. They're not seeing. You hear but you don't hear. You see, but you don't see. But not for all. For some hear and they hear. Some hear and receive. It gets in the ear. 
Sometimes it doesn't get past the ear, doesn't it? It goes from the ear to the brain. It goes from the brain to the heart. It goes from the heart to the will and from the will to the hands. We have someone who has heard, believed and obeyed. Because they've heard, they've received. To hear rightly is to believe. In other words, to receive is to believe. So back in John here, to all who did receive him, that is, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. If you hear rightly, you will believe. To believe is simply to entrust. Another way of saying the word believe, in a sense, particularly in this context, is the word repent, which is just to turn around. That is to believe, to entrust. God calls us. God sends his son to save us. And the world runs out the door. Go away. I do not need this message. We reject Jesus. The bride comes. The groom turns. To believe is to repent, is to turn back. and go back to where you should be. That is to believe. You know, the image in the Bible is not the one of the bride coming and the groom running away. The image that the Bible consistently uses is the Lord Jesus is the groom and we, the people he has made, are his bride. The bride coming round the corner, down the aisle, seeing the groom and bolting. She turns in her run and says, no, I can't do this. He's calling me. And she turns around and she continues down the aisle and she trusts him and she hands over her life as they go and begin a new life together. That is believing. I believe you. I trust you. I am with you. And it takes repentance. It takes a turnaround because all by our own nature we're running away. There's a radical change of life happens when you believe. It's not something you say, I believe that. No, it's a radical change of life because you entrust yourself. You have a new life and a new orientation and a new Lord, Jesus, and you submit to his word, which is light, which brings life both today and forever. To believe in Jesus is to repent and accept him as Lord, which leads naturally to our third item, which is obey. Hear, believe, obey. So they just flow naturally if you're really hearing, if you're receiving. Obey, verse 11 and 12. Verse 12 and 13. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Did you pick up the obedience language there? 
Well, neither did I directly. But let me tell you, I think it's all about obedience. There is two aspects of obedience in the Bible. First aspect of about obedience. Here's the number one thing that the Bible says about obedience. You can not. You can't obey. Remember Isaiah in the temple? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The temple's filled with smoke. He sees the Lord. Woe to me for I am ruined because I've got unclean lips and I live amongst a people of unclean lips and I've seen the Lord, the King. Isaiah, a priest in the temple, one of the holy guys, could not obey. He knew it. And neither did anyone else he lived with could obey. Because God's standard is sinless obedience. It's perfection in obedience. And we all fall short. But you remember what God did for Isaiah? He took that coal from the altar where the offerings were made, where the sacrifices were made and he cleansed Isaiah and took his guilt away and atoned, covered over his sin. He made Isaiah symbolically there obedient and then sent him to do his will. Sent him to be obedient. God has made provision for our disobedience through the obedience of the Word, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus came for us to establish our righteousness through his sinless, obedient death on the cross. When he died on the cross, he bore our wickedness and our rebellion and the penalty due was paid in his death so that in him we might be counted righteous in God's sight, obedient in God's sight. So the only way you can be obedient and find strength for ongoing obedience like Isaiah found is through a heart transplant where Jesus offers his righteousness for your unrighteousness. And that is the work of God. Does that sound a bit weird? How do I get this? I'll tell you how you get it. It's the work of God by his spirit or as the Bible says it's about being born anew because you get the right to become a child of God. A child not born of natural descent or human decision or a husband's will but born of God. New life by God's Spirit in Jesus. I said there's two aspects of obedience. First is you can't, but Jesus can. The second aspect of obedience in the Scriptures is an obedience that is not obedience. The one obedience that is an obedience because it's simply submission and faith. It's not doing something, it is simply entrusting yourself. And the only way to find this new birth is to hear Jesus, believe Jesus, to repent, 
and then come and submit to him as Lord. To make that turnaround and say, I need you, Lord Jesus. I need your forgiveness. Can you see that is the one act of obedience, that turning around and coming to Jesus, that actually isn't actually doing anything but just bending before the Lord of heaven and earth and saying, you are my king. Some people you see are born, all of us I should say are born of natural descent and we are born of human decision or a husband's will but that doesn't matter, what matters is that you were born of God. I was born into a somewhat nominal Protestant Christian family, Protestant family, I'll leave it there. We were sent off to Sunday school as kids, mum and dad occasionally went to church, they never joined a church roster. They were first out the door, last in the door. But they had a sense of the fear of God and they wanted their kids to go to Sunday school. That's how I was born. But that has nothing to do with my eternity or my standing before God because I have been born of God by faith in Jesus. And that's all that counts. And some might say, listen, I was born a Baptist and I'm going to die a Baptist. And I say, who he for you, son? That's a good thing. Why not be a Baptist? But I don't care if you're a Baptist. Have you been born of God? No, 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 I was born in a Buddhist. We're Buddhist. I'm going to die Buddhist. I'm Buddhist. Do you get it? I'm Buddhist. Yeah, all right, but have you been born of God? I was born a Muslim. We Muslims, we stick. It's cultural, it's religious, it's truth. I was born a Muslim, we die Muslim. Allah have mercy. I don't care. I want to know if you've been born of God, the one true God. I want to know if you've been forgiven. I know we're not religious in our family. Our family's never been religious. I'm not particularly religious. I don't care. Good for you. Have you got new life that only the creator of the world can offer you? Have you been forgiven? Have you been born of God? The only way is to hear and believe and obey Jesus and find new birth in him by his spirit. Now how do you do that? Hear, believe, obey. So what's involved? What are the mechanics? Well, you might pray a prayer. You might have a meeting like this and raise your hand. You might walk up the front. I don't know. There's all sorts of ways of... But it's not about words and getting a prayer just right. You know, become a Muslim. Uh, there is only one God, Allah, and uh, Muhammad is his prophet or something like that. Hey, I'm a Muslim. No, it's not like that. If you want to believe in Jesus and have this new birth, you need to do business with God. And there's all, way, all sorts of ways that you can do business with God, but at the end of the day, you've got to say, I've been ignoring you, I've been doing my own thing, you're calling me, you're offering me hope and light, I don't want it, I and you've got to turn around and say, I do want it. And you've got to come to the Lord Jesus and you've got to bend your knee and you've got to say, you are Lord, will you forgive me, will you save me? There's lots of ways you can do that, but you've got to go through that process. And God is no fool. God is not offering insurance policies. Uh, maybe, I believe, I've got their policy. 
No, he's not offering insurance policies. God is offering his son, who is king of kings and lord of lords and before whom one day every knee will bow. And if you want to hear, believe, obey, you must come to that son of God, the Lord Jesus, and you must bend your knee and you must submit. One of the great ways of doing that is through prayer because if you're going to do business with God, perhaps the best way to do business with God is by praying to God. And I want to help us do that now. I want to help all of us stop rejecting the word of God. The light of the world, I want us to help us all to turn around and come to Jesus and bend the knee so that to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, that is Jesus' name, he gave the right to become a child of God. A child born not of human natural descent or a human decision or a husband's will. A child not born because they're sitting on a seat in a church or they've been going to church for 20 years, but a child that is born of God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. And it will do us no, none of us any harm to pray. I want to ask you to do business with God. Remember, you're not doing business with your friend sitting next to you. You're not doing business with your family. You're not doing business with your history or your ancestry or your culture. You are doing business with God, the creator of heaven and earth, who has sent his son, the light of the world, to save you from your sins. He is no fool in seeing your heart. And he is full of mercy and compassion and he loves you more deeply than you will ever contemplate in this life. So we're going to pray to this God, the light of the world who has come. And I'm going to ask in my prayer that you receive Jesus now. Let's pray. Almighty God, we stand here small in your universe. We recognise, Lord, the complexity of life, the complexity of creation, the fit of everything. We recognise that you are God and that we on our own cannot stand. Father God, we stand here in your world recognising how we trash it, how we trash other people, how we trash our own selves, how we lie, how we're selfish, how we're deceitful, how we're proud, how we're in crisis in relationship after relationship and circumstance after circumstance. And Lord, we know we bring this on ourselves. And we know, Father God, that we have rejected you, that we've been trying to avoid you, that we fear your demands and fear your rule. Father God, we do not have anything to fear and we thank you for coming to us in your son Jesus. Thank you that he died for my sin and paid the price for my rebellion. Thank you, Father God, for raising him on the third day and has, that you have now seated at him at your right hand and he is King of kings and Lord of lords. And Father, now we turn to Jesus 
bend the knee. And I want to say, Jesus, I want you as my Saviour. I want you as my Lord. I submit to your rule. And Lord Jesus, give me strength to follow you. Cleanse me, give me new birth, fill me with your spirit and life evermore. I ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I wish I knew what God was doing this morning as I prayed that prayer, but I don't. I hope I was encouraged. I hope you were encouraged. But I don't know what God was doing eternally in people's hearts.